Welcome to Life Center Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and our church, visit lifecenternyc.com. This is a great time of year because the whole world acknowledges the birth of Christ. God came in, broke into human history, and everything changed. We even changed the way we uh, mark calendars and time based on on the the birth of Christ. It's, uh, he truly shifted everything, and we just thank God for that. You know, I, I love the song, Joy to the World. I love, you know, if you walk in stores and they're playing Christmas music and you hear it, Come on, joy to the world, for the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Come on, it's just prophesying out there the, the truth of the gospel. Let, let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. So let, let's prepare our hearts, even, even this morning. Father, we want to prepare our hearts to receive all that you're doing. God, you sent your only begotten son. You left the very halls of heaven to come to earth to redeem us, to to save us, to set us apart unto yourself. And so, Father, we just thank you. We just thank you for this awesome, amazing gift that we never deserved, but out of your love, you poured it out on us. I want to read this morning uh, a couple of the, the Christmas accounts. I want to read in Matthew chapter 1, and then I'm going to shift over to Luke 2. Uh, it's interesting, the gospel accounts of the, basically the birth of Christ are different, in, in slightly different in Matthew and Luke, in that it's, it's, there's almost a different perspective. You know, Matthew, you get the perspective of Mary, a uh, young woman, uh, betrothed to be married, pregnant, his uh, Joseph, a righteous man whom she was betrothed to probably for a long time. And, and then they're faced with this dilemma, like Joseph's hit, like, what, what's up? <laughs> like, how did this happen? And, uh, and then in Luke, we get more of the, almost like the global narrative of the prophetic storyline of what God is about to do for all mankind. So let's just take a look, because I just think it's, it's an amazing story, and it, sort of, and it kind of tells how, you know, he's very involved in our individual lives. You know, he cares about your heart. He cares about what you're going through, and he's very involved in the midst of that. You know, but he also has a global picture, right? He's bringing salvation to all mankind. And so the Lord knows how to operate and play chess on many different levels, and he's into the details, Turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, beginning of verse 18. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. Okay, chapter 1, beginning of verse 18. Matthew, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, and before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make a public example of her, was minded to put her away secretly. This was a crisis. Like, come on. You know, if you were engaged to be married to someone and they showed up pregnant and you knew, like, 
you didn't have relations with her. You like, hold on a minute. <laughs> There's something going on here. <clears throat> and that's what happened to Joseph. But he was a just man. And he recognized that under the law, he could have had Mary stoned. Could have made a public display. This is what happens to someone who, you know, lives a sinful life and, you know, in essence, you know, acts like the harlot, I guess. But he didn't want to do that. He, his, his heart was filled with grace and mercy because he was a just man. It, it's God's heart in us. It's God's heart in him. And so let's keep reading what happened. But while he thought about these things, I mean, he was, this was on his mind. Right? While he thought about these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he, shall save, he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken through the prophet, which is the prophet Isaiah, comes from Isaiah 7.14, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God is able to transcend even our wildest understandings. You know, he was able to meet Joseph right where he was. He was a just man, but he was confused. Mary, you know, she was amazed and wondered and said to the, to the angel Gabriel, like, how will this be? Not in a questioning, but just in a wonderment. And he said, the power of the Most High will come on you, and the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, and that which is born of you will be of God. But Joseph didn't have that encounter until this dream. So I'm sure Mary, you know, they were betrothed. They were talking. She probably told him all these things, and he's like, huh? But then he has his own God encounter. We all need a God encounter. We can't live without that God encounter. You were made for a God encounter. You were made for him, for nothing else. You were made for him. And so we all need our own God encounter. Verse 25, then Joseph being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took, <clears throat> took to him his wife, but he did not know her. In other words, he did not cons consummate the marriage until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So this is the story of the personal lives of Joseph and Mary in the birth. And the crisis that was happening in their family, yet God moved on them to understand it's part of a divine plan. I've got it all worked out. Let's, let's pull back the curtain a little more. Let's look at Luke chapter 2, because this is more of a grander picture. Because as much as God cares about your personal life and very involved, and he's going to take care of those things that concern you, he's also working a bigger picture. Let's look at... Luke chapter 2. In Luke 2, beginning of verse 1, it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. You see, they were taking a census that took place while Cornelius was governor of Syria so that everyone went to be registered and you had to return to your own city. 
Now Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So you got to see, understand, the prophetic picture that's going on. is There's a, there's a larger storyline happening. It's not just about Mary and Joseph. It's much bigger. And the word of the Lord was that the Messiah would come through the, line, the lineage of David. And that, in fact, Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And so Mary and Joseph, they're living in Nazareth. So how is this going to happen? God works the big picture. He sees things that we don't understand. And there's a census. And they have to leave Nazareth and travel to Bethlehem to register. So let's continue with the story. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for Mary to be delivered of child. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, God, who knows the big picture, how come he didn't make like a, a palace somewhere in Bethlehem, right? He, he knows the big picture. But this is a prophetic picture because he would be, Tammy read, read it earlier, he'd be despised and rejected of man. There was no room. Men did not make room for him. They didn't make room for him. When the Son of God appeared, they didn't recognize him. It says, light has come into the world, but men love darkness more than light. So they didn't even understand that God had come into their midst. And so he was born in a manger because there was no room for him in the end. Now let's continue reading. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields. How would you like to be a shepherd? You got to live out in the fields. <laughs> anyway, in the, same, in the same country, shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And watch what happens. God is so amazing. Now he pulls open the curtain and lets these lowly shepherds who live in the fields, these are the minimum wage workers of their day. They're, you just stay out in the fields, you know, with, with some sheep. And, uh, okay, so, and behold, now there were out shepherds in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. If this ever happened to you, you will be greatly afraid. When God's glory comes, you can't help but tremble. Like we all want, God, show me your glory. I guarantee you, if we really started to begin to see the glory of the Lord, we would go weak in the knees. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Good will toward men. So it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us go up to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord 
has made known to us. And they came with haste. They hurried, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they started to tell everybody <laughs> what was told to them by the angels concerning this child. And all those who heard of it marveled at these things which they were told by the shepherds. People are listening to this story. They don't know what to make of it, right? Here is this couple seemingly down and out. You know, they're, they're temporarily homeless. They're having a child. There's no place for them to have this child. So they end up in a barn with a bunch of animals. And they lay the baby after the birth in a feeding trough. So I imagine the people around, maybe, maybe they were like having a little pity on them. And then the angels tell these stories, the, the shepherds rather, come and tell the stories of what just happened out in the field. And so they're like, huh? This sounds too strange. But what does Mary do? Mary keeps all these things and she ponders them in her heart. Mary had encountered Gabriel who told her, that she would conceive by the Holy Spirit. Not by a man, but by the Holy Spirit. And it happened. And now she hears these stories. And though she's like, God, how did I end up in a, in a, in a come on, Mary's like one of us. How did I end up in a barn? How did I end up in a manger? But then she hears these stories. And she ponders them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. This was a, a prophetic swirl of a moment. This is when, this is the culmination of all of human history. This is the promise from Genesis where the Lord said that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. And then there's a 4,000 year period. And for the last 400 years, there's no word of the Lord. It says there's 400 years of silence between Malachi and the birth of Christ. But then God speaks with a loud voice. He speaks because he's about to enter human history like no other. All the prophetic words were, were, were coming to a culmination the angel comes to Zachariah and Elizabeth, tells them about John. You will conceive, even though you've been barren all these years, you will conceive. And he's going to be a voice crying in the wilderness to prepare the way of the Lord. After the angel Gabriel announces to Mary that, that she's going to bring forth, she'll be the chosen vessel to bring forth Messiah, she goes to visit Zachariah and Elizabeth and it says, the babe in Elizabeth's womb jumped, just knowing the presence of the Lord and, and the call on his life. This is an amazing story about how God orchestrates from the, the big picture down to, to the, the littlest. Then he appears to the shepherds in the field, and it says even the magi in the east, they, they look up and they see a star, a star, a star. Dancing in the sky, right? And the Magi recognize it and they understand this is a prophetic moment. This is a, 
This is a moment of divine purpose. And they begin to seek the one who was written about in the scriptures. And they start on a journey, and they end up in front of Herod, who's completely surprised. Like, what? There's another king? I'm the king. He's, uh, he has no spiritual understanding. His eyes are darkened. But they tell him, no, he's, he's come. We've seen his star. We've been waiting. We've been studying. We've been studying the scriptures and looking for the signs in heaven, and we saw the star. And he questions them, when did this happen? It probably happened within two years. And he says, okay, go, go find the child, and when you find him, let me know. Report back to me, because Herod had a, a diabolical plan in his heart to wipe him out. The angel warns the magi. Don't return to Herod. And so Herod, what does Herod do? He calls the scribes. What do the scribes do? They hadn't been reading the signs, but they know enough. If Messiah is to be born, he'll be born where? In Bethlehem. He's going to be of the, the tribe and lineage of David. That's where he has to be born. God, God knows how to orchestrate everything. The stage was set for the coming of Christ. It happened just as God said it would happen. It happened in just the right time. Galatians 4.4 4 says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. It just didn't happen by circumstance. It happened by divine design. He's got a plan for all mankind, and he's got a plan for you and I. He's writing your story. He wrote all of your days in his book before there was yet one of them. He knows the purposes he has for you. People were looking on this baby lying in a manger in a stable with animals. This was the true incarnation. God had come into the world in the most unlikely way. Philippians 2.7 <clears throat> says, God made himself nothing, taking on the nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. He didn't come to be born in a palace. He made himself of no reputation, and he was born to a couple who at the moment were homeless. They were. They were homeless. That's why they ended up in a barn. The king of the universe, the creator of all mankind, born in the most humble of circumstances. To say that Christ was born as a baby brings us face to face with the truth of the incarnation. You see, he was every bit God, but he was every bit man. He, he had the same exact experience that each and every one of us had. We were all born of a woman. We're living a life on earth. He was all man. He has, he, he's gone through everything that we've gone through. But he was all God. He wasn't half and half. He was fully God, fully man. Lo, he, he laid aside his outward deity to become like us. It's a mystery. But the Lord Jesus Christ was the God-man. Two natures joined together in one person. 
You see, this is the central truth of Christianity. God has entered into human history in order to provide salvation for you and I. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas, that God sent forth his son into the earth. This changes everything. What we could not do, he did through his son. We were all helpless. God help me, I'm still helpless. I fall on the grace of God every day, and I'm still being convicted and pruned every day to be more like him. Everything else flows from this truth. If he had not been born, he could not have died for our sins. If he had not been born, if he, he couldn't have died and he wouldn't have risen from the dead. He had to become like us in order to save us. He looked for a man and it was no one. So his own arm brought forth salvation, Isaiah 59. He looked for someone and found no one. So he came. God came as a man. He became like us in order to save us. There was no other way. Romans 11.33 says, Oh, the depth and the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. God doesn't meet us halfway. He came all the way. Came all the way from heaven to earth. God's not waiting for you to make the first move. He made the first move. He came for you. The Bible says that when we were still enemies of God, when we were cursing him and just, I don't want anything to do with God, he came anyway. And he died for you and me. But he's asking us, will we now take, he's taking that first step. Will you take a step toward him? We were singing a song, I believe in you. That's what he's asking for. Would you put your faith in him? Would you put your faith in him and leave everything else behind? He is the pearl of great price. I believe in you, Jesus. You know, it's the great exchange. You know, you take a breath in every day. When you take in a breath, you exchange the carbon dioxide that starts to accumulate in your body for oxygen that's in the air. This is a principle of life. If you don't breathe and you don't operate in, the place of, in that place of exchange, you die. Well, here's the principle. We need to exchange our life for his. We need to say, God, I surrender. I don't want my life. I exchange my life for yours. I surrender it all to you. And when we enter into that, that's what belief means. Belief means I believe that you are the son of God, that you came, you were born as a man into this earth, that you lived a spotless life, that you suffered and died. You, you went through excruciating torture, and then they crucified you. You took my punishment on yourself on that cross. That's what happened when God intervened in human history. I want to read a quote from C.S. Lewis. No one has ever captured the essence of what? of why God sent his son <laughs> better than what I believe C.S. Lewis says in this quote. He says, the son of God became a son of man so that the sons of man might become the sons of God. 
He came to where we were that he might lift us up to where he is. He doesn't say climb up here. No, he comes down to where we are and lifts us up to where he is. This is the miracle of the gospel. God is still today reaching out his arms to you and to me. He wants us to draw near to him. He wants us to receive the free gift of this gospel, the free gift that God gave his son. You can't do it on your own. I tried. It doesn't work so good. Listen, I have to be reminded because even after you're saved, you kind of start, you get into routines. You got to say, God, I got to fall on your grace. God, even my mind, there's so many sinful thoughts in my mind. I got to cast down every imagination. God, I got to fall into your grace. I got to fall. I need you every day. I want to live and move and have my being in you because without him, we will decay into corruption and sin and decadence. That's the truth. And even after we're saved, we got to keep pressing into that because he loves us so much. He doesn't want to leave us in that. And he's, he's extending his hands today. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Today is this day of salvation. Today we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is good news. You, you don't have to do it on your own. You can partner with God by surrendering to him. He's paid a price for you. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can also follow us on Instagram at LifeCenterNYC or YouTube at LifeCenterChurchNYC. NYC.